Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm Justin, and hey, we are helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies to help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus. Hallelujah. Friends, I hope you know him. And if you don't know him, you're listening to this today because it's time for you to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and believes in their heart, confesses with their mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. Do not delay, friends. Accept Jesus today. You know, we've been talking about, uh, we started the year out talking about put the word first. We started talking about the agency of the word. Now we're in a thought here about measuring that word. But I want to say this, and I don't know if I've said this um, yet, but if you'll put the word first, listen, it was designed to be first. The Bible says that he has the preeminence in all things. Well, he, referring to Jesus, was the word. The word is supposed to come first. There's not a thing unless there's a word first. You can get that from John chapter 1. Go go back and read that. But before there's a thing, there's a word. And if you'll put the word first, here's what it'll do. It'll begin to straighten out your life. If your life is all kinds of disheveled, I mean, we're talking about messed up, screwed up, typical, classical, you are just, wow, your life is the pits. Then you need the word, friends. And if you'll put that word first, if you'll honor the word, then what it'll do is the word will begin to align your life. It will set a precedent and a standard by which everything else in your life has to uh, adjust itself to. You put the word first, it'll straighten out your life. You put the word first. Now, it may not happen overnight. You didn't get into this mess last Saturday, okay? But if you'll put the word first, it, it will begin to demand, it will command the things in your life to get in the proper sequence and order. Hallelujah. Now, I'm just going to tell you that it may look like it's getting worse before it gets better. This seems to be the way it works. Um, of course, you know, the devil turns the heat up a little bit, as, as they say. He may try and throw some more stuff at you. But listen, don't be moved by that. Um, some Sometimes to get stuff in order, uh, like if you're going to, um, let's say if you're going to clean out a room or a closet, man, you got to pull stuff down. It, you almost make a bigger mess in order to sort through to put stuff in their proper sequence. And that's what the word's going to do. It's, it's going to begin to open things up. It's going to begin to go, go through. And it's going to start putting the pieces in the proper sequence. Some stuff's going to be tossed out. The word's going to say, you don't need that anymore. Other things will be illuminated and say, you need that. Put that here. Move this here. Shift, shift that there. The word has that kind of agency in it, friends. All right, now let's jump back into a thought here. We're talking about measuring the word. And uh, uh, I was using this devotional. Uh, I'm using it this year, actually. This is my daily devotional. Um, my wife and I and our four children, 
Uh, we get up every morning and we go through a devotional. We're using this one this year. This is Faith Food Devotions by Kenneth E. Hagan. Phenomenal. If you don't have a devotional, I would recommend this one. They're they're not huge. You know, they're just one one page. Uh, just 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 rich. I, I mean, just I, I mean, I, I'm it, this is feeding me. I absolutely enjoy this. But I got into this in the last podcast, and I read a particular devotional from January 25th, and it was called Knowledge. I want to read it again, and uh, I want to encourage you to get the book, or if you're on Facebook, we actually have a page on Facebook our ministry created. It's called Grace for This City Devotionals. Grace for This City Devotionals. Uh, If you'll get on Facebook and uh, like and follow, uh, you'll get a daily devo right there and we're using this this devo on there as well there's several years of devos there's video uh devotionals that myself and our staff bob who works behind the scenes pastor christina and and others did so uh go over there and avail yourself to that but let me read this to you again this is out of proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 5 and 6 and it says my son if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you. Then you shall understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and out of his mouth comes understanding. Or, excuse me, and out of his mouth comes knowledge. Now, we were talking about in the last podcast about measuring the word. We went to Peter, and he's talking about that the the divine life is connected with the understanding of and the receptivity to the promises, but the promises are within the knowledge. So you got to get into the Bible. You got to hear Jesus speak about, because that's what he does. He speaks about the promises that concern you that will get you over into living a supernatural or a divine life. But it comes through knowledge, what it says. And this is what this is saying that knowledge. Faith comes or accompanies the knowledge of God's word. This is not rocket science is what we said last week. This is not difficult. It's been overcomplicated, and that's the devil who overcomplicates it. People get into the Bible or they approach the Bible and they say, well, I just don't understand it. Well, number one, don't lead with that confession. Say when you get into the word, the word speaks to you and the word ministers to you. When you get into the word, you get what you need every time. Don't lead with a negative confession about your time or your understanding with the word. That's just, again, that's a strategy of the devil against you. But if you'll measure the word a certain way, if you'll measure the word with honor, if you'll say, wow, thank you, Father, that you sent your word. Um, you sent your word to me. This was a love letter written to me. This is my handbook for life. Thank you that you got your word to me. Men and women died so that I could get this Bible. I thank you for this word. And Father, I thank you that it's going to minister to me and feed me and nourish me today as I get into it. Now, your mind might be unfruitful, but you got to understand there's an agency in this word. It goes beyond the fruitfulness of your mind. Let me say this. Fruitfulness of mind comes after feeding on the word, friends. You've got to get that seed in you before it produces something for you to lay hold of. So we're talking about measuring the word. And I like what this says here. 
that the fear of the Lord is connected to receiving his words. Some may say, oh, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Well, do you have a relationship with his word? Do you fellowship with his word? And you say, no, I don't ever get into the Bible. Well, then you don't really have a relationship with the Lord. You want one, but you don't have one if you're not attending to his words. Remember that in John? Several places in the New Testament. I I mean, there's some very strong statements made. But several places in the New Testament, one of them is, if my words do not abide in you, you don't love me. Jesus said, if you love me, my word will be hidden in your heart. So we're saying here that the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge, but the fear of the Lord is associated with having his words in you, in, in, in front of you, in you, in your eyes, in your ears, and in your heart. King David said, I hide your words in my heart. So um, the measure, little word, little measure, little word, little fear of God. I mean, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm talking, I'm talking to myself. Uh, but we can't uh, deceive ourselves. You know, remember James talks about that. You know, and it's not just a hearer only. You know, we can add this in at some point, but I think most people, you know, understand this point fairly well. But it's not just a hearer only, but it's a doer. But that point of doing is when that word means so much to you, you have valued it so, you have measured it so. Like, you have approached the word as this is a guidebook for life. You know, with that kind of fear, reverence, reverential fear, you know, it's not a tormenting fear. He's talking about the the, the fear of the Lord, the, the reverential response to him, okay? Face down in the carpet isn't necessarily because, you know, he's this tyrannical murderer. No, it's it's because of his his glory, his majesty. Like you are God, you are Creator. Um, that that heart, okay, that heart opening. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He, he's, he's helping me say this in several different ways because so many people have so many different questions or perspectives that kind of skirt around the exterior of this thing here. But it all boils down to is you have an attitude. Uh, you got a chip on your shoulder, okay? Now, that may be because you've been hurt, but you're blaming God for somebody some, some human did. You're blaming God for something some broken fragile, it could have been a rude dog, could have been a total jerk face, did. Don't blame God for something stupid another person did. And I get it, these things are painful. Those moments, those situations, that trauma, that abuse, whatever, that's all painful. But don't blame God for fallen people's problems. You know, and then there's a little bit of grace and mercy. This is why we extend forgiveness because Jesus revealed to us, listen, they did what they did because there's a deceiver there's a uh, there's a liar. There's a thief. His name is Satan, and they bit the bait. So they didn't even get there without deception themselves. So that's the little bit of space for forgiveness and mercy and grace that they would turn from buying the lie and turn to the truth. But people are blaming God. They got a chip on their shoulder. They're mad. They're upset. 
And so they avoid him. Their hearts have been restricted. And no wonder they're not getting any, anything from him. The Bible says that be careful what you hear because the measure you give will be the measure given back to you. And if you don't measure it right, even what you do have will be taken from you. Like these are just the laws of the land. And you and I, on this side of it, we are uh, recognizing uh, maybe where we have not measured the word properly. He said, you know, especially when it comes to faith, and I love what he said here. Let me get back to this. He said people often pray for more faith, but what they actually need is knowledge of God's word. Well, how do you get that knowledge? You get that knowledge by getting into it. Not just reading, by feeding. Um, some people mistakenly think that if I, you know, try and cram in my 10 scriptures in the two and a half minutes that I've allotted b- before I jump on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and head off to work, that um, I'm going to get everything I need. Listen, friends, you are not feeding yet, okay? I don't even know if you're snacking. You have to measure the word a certain way if you're going to get anything out of it. And uh, one, one thing that might help you is to not approach the word as in just a reading duty. I think reading is a part of it. But, but if you approach it more like feeding, the words of life are here. Remember Jesus said, uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and it ticked off a bunch of people. And literally that day, he lost followers. Remember this? And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, hey, what about you guys? Are you going to leave too? You know, because you don't like what I said? Are you going to leave too because you refuse to comprehend the meaning behind my words? Jesus wasn't saying, hey, everybody be cannibals. Let's drink blood like vampires, Ah, like these pagan rituals. No, that's not what he was saying. They weren't even listening to him. You know how many people get off the bus because they misheard something? Yeah, it happens all the time. Um, but Jesus turned to them and said, hey, are you, are you, are you guys going to leave too? And you know what they said? They said, where else could we find the words of life? Listen, when you see this, not just as a reading religious duty, you wonder why uh, there's all this false teaching, this crazy stuff going on out here, how they can um, preach perversion from the pulpit and have, you know, church in their name. you like, how is, what, what? It's because they don't really know him. They haven't fellowshiped with the word. They have not approached the Bible for feeding, they just go in there for reading. I mean, it's two different approaches here. Yes, you have to read it or listen to it. He said, keep it in your eyes and in your ears. Let it be on your lips, he said. He said, let it even be on your lips. But people are going into the Bible and they're saying, they're saying ahead of time, they're saying, well, I, I, I don't agree with that or I think that's a contradiction. Nothing in the Bible contradicts itself, but you don't have a relationship with the word Therefore, it's not measuring to you any kind of knowledge or understanding. This is how it works, friends. And the Bible says that if you keep approaching it that way, if you keep 
mismeasuring the word, dishonoring the word, then even what you do have is going to be taken from you. And you, you, you got people standing behind pulpits, and it's obvious that even what they had has been taken from them. Hallelujah. But you and I want to get over into that divine life. You and I want to get over into literally, tangibly experiencing those promises, those great and precious promises, the things that pertain to life and godliness. But how does that come? Through the knowledge of the word. But if you don't measure that word, you just use a tiny little spoon, you're not going to get what you thought you wanted. Hallelujah, friends. So let's see if we can go a little bit further today talking about measuring the word. Um, you know, it's hard to talk about this without talking about the agency. You know, this word is living. It's powerful. It's able to lay us open. It's able to separate between soul and spirit. Again, that comes by having a relationship, being vulnerable to the word, allowing that word um, to actually challenge you or correct you. And then you, like James said, you're not just a reader only. You're not just a hearer. You're a doer. Like that word has meant something to you. And you're doing, Some sometimes people struggle with the book of James because they think it's adding works back to it. But James said, your works prove your faith. Somebody says, oh I, oh, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Well, then there will be a corresponding action that is a derivative. Like you, you got your course of action here because the word showed you what to do. You cannot separate doing from uh, your relationship with that word. That word is literally going to inspire actions and activities. And, uh, um, so there, you know, we, 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 we cannot leave that out. There has to be a doing, there has to be a corresponding action or you haven't measured the word. You haven't measured the word properly. If there's not a corresponding action for, for, for example, you know, the Bible says in like Mark 11, 23, 24, love those passages. It talks about um, being able to lay hold of something when you pray, like when you pray, that's when you release your faith and you lay hold of it then. And the Bible says that you'll have whatever you say, doubt not in your heart, you'll have it. Well, verse 25, it says forgive. The Bible says whenever you stand praying, forgive. Well, that's difficult. But if you really had the fear of the Lord, if his words are really abiding in your heart, then the action will correspond with it. You will actually find yourself sitting there praying, asking God for something, going, wait a second. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, I have need of, um, you know, this vehicle here. But Lord, I thank you, your word. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to just examine my heart. Father, is there anybody that I'm holding aught against? Is there anybody, Father, that I have not forgiven? Why? Because that word means something to you. Like it, it is weighing it is your guide. It's speaking to you. You can't avoid it. And then here's what will happen. Somebody comes up, you've had some struggles with, but what are you going to do? Do you love the word more than you hate them? Then you will do what the word says. 
you'll say, Father, I thank you right now. Hallelujah. And maybe it's a situation where you need to spend several days. Father, I forgive them. They don't owe me anything. Lord, I cast this care over onto you. I thank you, Father, your word also says, Father, that my part is to forgive. Your part is to work justice. I, th- I thank you, Father, that me forgiving them doesn't mean that this situation isn't going to be dealt with. In fact, me forgiving them is what empowers you to actually go and sort through the situation and bring justice on them, uh, on their behalf and my behalf. Father, I thank you for it. Oh, I forgive them right now. Hallelujah. And then you start thinking about them. And when you think about them and you get all miffed about it, then this is what you do. 70 times seven, right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I forgive them. Hallelujah. You can call call their name or whatever. I, I forgive you. The Bible says pray for them that use you, that persecute you. Pray for your enemies, okay? Father, I pray for them. Lord, I call them blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, I, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Father, I pray that you would move in their heart. Lord, I surround them with faith and love in the name of Jesus. Lord, according to your word, uh, uh, Lord, I release them over into your justice system. Father, I trust that you are the impartial judge. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that uh, that you are not a liar, that you know exactly what to do. Uh, maybe they were in the wrong. Maybe I was in the wrong. But, Father, I, f- I forgive them. And I thank you, Father, you're working this situation out to your glory in Jesus' name. And that will be a continuation. And then when you're around people, you're not going to be cussing them. When you're talking about you know uh, them, you're not going to be gossiping. You're not going to be cussing them. You're not going to be murdering them with your words. Why? Because the word means something to you. You didn't just read it. You fed on it. It was the words of life. It arrested you. This word arrests you. This word counsels you. This word restrains you. This word, um, you know, like you, 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 you have a fear. You have a fear of disobeying it. You, you know what I mean? You, there, there is a, there is a reverence concerning the instructions that are in this book. And there is an action that will be visible, tangible. Other people will see your restraint there. They will hear you acknowledge the restraint of the word in a particular area at the appropriate time. You know, if you never even talk about the word, if, if, if you, if you don't measure the word as a restraint in your life, it won't be. If you don't measure this word as counsel in interpersonal relationships, it won't be. If you don't ever reference Mark eleven twenty five, you know, concerning, you know, practical, uh, forgiveness, uh, you may not even believe it. You understand what I'm saying? You're measuring the word. There is something visible, tangible, observable that takes place when this word is truly a guide for you, or if it means anything to you at all. Some people, again, like Brother Hagin said in the Devo, is they bypass or uh, try to, and it's innocent, but they bypass the knowledge of the word and the counsel of the word, and they think they're going to get faith for things that pertain to spiritual realities or their spiritual life or their born-again life. 
you can't bypass the counsel of, of the word and think you're going to get more faith. In fact, where was that as it, it, it's in Luke, but, uh, the disciples asked Jesus for more faith. And he had just talked about, uh, forgiveness, offense, you know, he said, it's impossible that offense not come, but woe to the person through which offense comes. Um, I'm not exactly sure where, where that's at. I'll see if I can find it here while I'm talking. I think it's in Luke, maybe Luke 17, something like that. But, um, but the disciples were asking Jesus, he said, or they, or they said, increase our faith. And one thing Jesus said, I'm going to paraphrase here, but one thing Jesus said in effect was you want more faith. He said, do your duty. And in the context here, he's talking about the word has counseled you. I've counseled you. You need to forgive. And it's kind of like, wait a second. We just asked for more faith. And Jesus said, just do your duty. Just do your duty to forgive where it's appropriate. He talks about 70 times seven. And at first you're kind of like, wait a second. Did he not even hear us? We were asking for more faith. Well, Jesus showed them how to get more faith. Honor the word. Do the word. Put that word in front of you. Make that word so significant that it that it will inspire your actions. It will restrain others. Put that word first. Do what I've told you to do. Faith is a byproduct of hearing and doing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. He just talked about forgiveness. And there's, oh, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. Uh, can we get more faith? Jesus is like, did you not hear what I said? Faith comes by hearing the word. You want more faith? Honor the word you heard. You want faith? Faith is a byproduct of that word being hidden in your heart. Faith came when you inclined your ear. You understand what I'm saying? Faith is a byproduct of hearing that word. Remember, Jesus said, hey, we're going to the other side. Remember this? Get in the boat, boys. We're going to the other side. Well, they started going across there in a great tempest, uh, demonically inspired storm arose. They're freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. Jesus, you brought us out here. Do you not care? You just brought us out here to die. And and Jesus talked about their little faith. And, you, you know, when you hear Jesus refer to people's little faith, it's they you know, some, sometimes people get all, you know, like, what? How dare he? How dare he talk about my faith? Well, what's he connecting that to? He said, did you not hear me? I said we were going to the other side. We're halfway, and you're freaking out like you're going to die. You're wondering why I don't care. You're wondering why I brought you out here to die. Did you not hear me say we're going to the other side? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. You did not hear. Therefore, you didn't have faith. And when something came up and opposed the word, you didn't have that word hidden in you. Maybe it just blew right by you in one ear, out, out the other, as they say. You, know, you may have heard, but you really didn't heard. Or you may have heard, but you really didn't hear. You're preoccupied with something else. That word didn't mean anything. You didn't contemplate that word. You didn't capture that word. You didn't hold on to that word. You didn't measure that word as being significant to the moment that you were heading into. And so little word 
little faith. Oh, Jesus said, get in the boat. Okay, go to the other side. Sure, whatever. Fishing. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, wait. Great. Yeah, sightseeing. Okay, awesome. Well, then something came up and tried or tested or opposed that word. And this is why the disciples were freaking out. They thought, here, here we are. We're out here to die. He just brought us out here to die. He didn't even care about us. He doesn't even care. No, he does care. He said, I'm going to the other side. We're going to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going across. Get in the boat. We're going to touch land over there. Get in the boat. This is the way we're going. Now, you know, I'm kind of being a little bit snarky, but um, you and this, this happens to you and I all the time. Hear his word. He's telling us what to anchor ourselves on for life. He's got these promises that pertain to life and godliness. And sometimes people are just on, on the side, they're curled up in a fetal position. They're freaking out. They're going, God, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, everything, everything, this and that. I don't have this. I don't have that. No money. I'm sick, whatever. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do this. And they're just absolutely freaking out. They're going, oh, God. And, and, and then instead of getting into the word to go back and see, hey, what did Jesus say about this? They'll say, well, you just never know. You just never know. As if Jesus did not already instruct us on the way that we should go. You know, his, the Bible says that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And some people, again, they're over here curled up, freaking out, going, I don't know what to do. Well, it's not that you don't love Jesus, but you got to go back and ask yourself, wait, I missed it somewhere. I know it's not him. He already told me. He, he, he's already been into the future. He's my provider, my eyes in the future. He's already been there. He's already established it. His word's already established in the heavens. Come on, somebody. And he's come all the way back here to where I am at and says, hey, follow me. And if it, and it, it, it's on me, friends. I've missed it somewhere. I've, I've got to go back. And that's okay. If your faith is weak in a particular area, what do you do? Well, you don't blame Jesus. If your faith is weak in a particular area, what do you do? You go back to what he said about it. And you take those words and you measure them big. You go back and you find out, what did he say about healing? You take those words and you make them big. You say, you know what? I may have blown past this, and this is why I wound up in this situation. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the fortitude, the internal fortitude, to be able to withstand the storm that's coming against me because I just blew past those words. And, and therefore, I have little faith. Like those words didn't mean much to me. Those words weren't big. I didn't measure those words bigger than my current situation. This is why he said, be careful what you hear. Be careful how you measure things. Now, there are two kingdoms, and you have the word of the Lord, and then you have the father of lies. Okay, so you got these two kingdoms, and you got to be watchful, friends, how you measure the words that are coming at you because you can make something of the devil huge. You, you can make a lie massive. I mean, you and I know this because I did it. You did it. You know, people who are doing it now, their lives are built on lie or their lives are built upon lies or there's elements of their life. That's all screwed up because of a lie. Why does that lie have so much power? Because they've made it bigger than the answer. The answer may be coming at them. Maybe you've known this. Maybe you've been on the receiving end of this where, you know, somebody was trying to tell you something 
they 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 had the answer. The Holy Ghost had somebody give you the answer, but you didn't measure it. You you measured it tiny. I, you did measure it, but you measured it tiny. It didn't mean anything, but yet it was the answer. It was what you needed for faith to put substance to what God wanted in your life, but you didn't measure it properly, so it's not manifesting as such. All right, friends, we're out of time, but I hope you got something out of that today. Measure the word. Hallelujah. Measure that word, friends. Now, I think I said measure the word probably, I don't know, I'm guessing a thousand times. And you're saying, okay, I got it. 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 I got it the first time. I got it the first time. No, actually, we don't get it the first time, friends. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Well, it doesn't say it quite like that, but you and I know that's the reality of it. In fact, they say scientifically that you have to hear something at least seven times before it even begins to take knowledge or take upon itself knowledge and understanding. Repetition, friends. You got to get into that word. And then you've got to do it. And even if you fail, you got to get back into the word and say, okay, what did he say? And then you got to try again. Hallelujah, friends. All right. Measure that word big this year. Make, make big of the word. Hey, if we can pray for you, you can send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. Or you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer and leave a prayer request right there. It's our honor to pray with you. It's one way we can partner with you, friends. We love you so much. Hallelujah. I'm just checking my heart, making sure I've said everything I need to say today. Let me say it one more time. Measure that word big this year, friends, and it will measure back to you abundantly. Until next time, be blessed. <laughs>